Hey everyone, I'm Mitchell Ray, and you're listening to another episode of the Real Music Nashville podcast. On this week's episode, I got to sit down with Dan Fusen over his another Zoom call and got to know him a little bit and his journey and what brought him to Nashville. He has two singles out right now that are, that are leading to a EP release on May 7th. Um, the first single is called On and Off. And the self-titled track, Young and Improving, are out now. And like I said, that's leading to the release of his EP, Young and Improving, coming May 7th. So go check that out when it drops across all your favorite streaming platforms. And you can find Dan Fusen at Dan Fusen Music across all social media platforms. If you have an album, EP, or single that you would like to have promoted on the intro to one of these podcasts, just email me at realmusicnashville at gmail.com and we can make that happen. Before we get into the episode with Dan, just a quick update about the uh, live streams that we've been putting on. May 12th, Deconstructed continues out of Real Music Nashville studio at 8 p.m. That is on a Wednesday night. And then following that, we have May 19th, uh, Jax Hollow is going to be joining us in the studio for a live stream of her own. So that's the Deconstructed Sessions with Chad Wilson, May 12th at 8 p.m. And we've moved this series to a Wednesday, so it'll be every other Wednesday now. And May 19th, join us um, at 7 for Jax Hollow. She's doing a special live stream from Real Music Nashville Studio. All of our live streams can be found on our YouTube channel, so just search Real Music Nashville on YouTube and they'll pop right up. Of course, we'll have an event set up on Facebook, so the link will be there as well. All right, that does it for updates, promos, and plugs. Let's jump into the episode with Dan. We'll transfer with uh, one of his singles off his upcoming EP. This is called On and Off. happy to be here yeah let's just jump right right back into it man yeah now that i'm actually recording let me double check everything (laughs) (laughs) tell me about your past where you came from and um just sort of your story of what brought you to nashville yeah i uh grew up in bloomington indiana and uh through high school you know played kind of little spots around town just kind of backing guitar for people and uh then i went to college at butler in indianapolis and um one of my friends that uh from college is actually from nashville was moving back it's like man you should kind of come with me because i didn't really know exactly what i was going to do it's a bit of a crossroads as you could say and uh moved here with him and that was 2016 and i've been here ever since just playing tunes and doing some you know, a lot of guitar work as a sideman for people just playing guitar and uh, 
you know, jumping in and out of a bunch of different bands in the last couple of years. And then about a year and a half ago is when I decided to kind of start doing my own artist project as just Dan Fusen. So it's been about a year and a half doing that, maybe a little less, but uh, enjoying it so far. Yeah. So did you, what kind of venues and stuff did you play around town with, uh, you know, backing other people? And did that kind of, did that kind of give you some insight as like how to maybe conduct yourself as your, as an artist yourself? And, you know, now you kind of know what venues um, maybe your sound would fit for and things like that. For sure. And I think too, not even just like the sound, but just kind of the atmosphere and the, the kind of people that some of the venues attract, you know, we were playing, uh, I played a bunch of spots, you know, like analog downtown or played, you know, you know, a lot of tin roofs and, you know, doghouse, things like that. As I'm sure a lot of people have. And, um, but then other things like the Cobra and like the East room and a bunch of stuff like that, which I enjoy because it's kind of like DIY kind of, which I always tend to think is fun just because you get up there. And I think sometimes like if the, the crowd is loose and the venue is kind of loose in a way it kind of makes for the pressure to be off at least the performers uh, at least in my eyes so um that's always kind of fun to play so yeah did a lot of that stuff and then you know some touring too you know um a little along the east coast and um some out west to seattle and arizona and places like that so kind of all over but um yeah but yeah anything that's kind of like uh just yeah plug in and play i think that's a blast always yeah dive bars are always a great you know a great time whether you're playing music or just like shooting pool you can actually hear everybody talking and whatnot i agree that's always a blast it's just kind of like a relaxing environment and i think that that's you know if you're super stressed out playing music i don't think the best results typically come from that so just being chill you know have a pbr on stage you're in for a good time right and uh so so being a backing musician for a Nashville band, uh, did they help you? I mean, did you find like, I guess what you would consider a community and like um, people that maybe would push you in the right direction and give you guidance and just sort of uh, all around support? Or are you still sort of searching for that? Yeah, I think, you know, I've I've found at least a decent community in the rock scene, which is kind of nice because... I think probably like most people that hadn't lived in Nashville before or just moving here, they might not be aware that, Oh, like there are other genres besides country here. So, um, you know, I've met a bunch of people that are in the rock scene, which is really fun. And I think that that's growing a bit, you know, I think you see more either writers rounds or, you know, like bus call events or things like that, that are just focused on rock acts for a night, which I think was probably not the case even when I first moved here. So or at least less of a case. So I think the opportunities are growing and just meeting people in diverse, like I've got some friends that are more so in like the R&B and hip hop scene in Nashville, which is kind of fun too. So I, I think it's definitely expanding. And I, I think that the the rock groove definitely has a foothold in the city at this point. And so I've been able to meet a lot of cool people that have been great about, you know, Hey, we'll, you know, have you on a set when things are opening back up or even when I was with other people, like it's a lot of, making sure that everybody has a time and place to play, which I think is, is really cool. That's really interesting. Where is the rap and hip hop scene in Nashville? I think, you know what I was kind of exposed to it was at the back corner 
in like up in Germantown. That was kind of like a place. I have a couple of friends that do production work for um, this guy AJ. I actually played guitar on a couple of his tracks that came out um, two weeks ago, maybe. But um, he's really cool, and they have kind of a little community there that they've been breeding. That's kind of more focused than in the hip hop R and B kind of sector. It's just super fun and cool, and just kind of a breath of fresh air. I think. I mean, it seems like they're able to kind of turn in and out of doing pop stuff, doing hip hop stuff even doing some country stuff and more commercial licensing stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, I think, hopefully growing. I just, I want to see Nashville be a, you know, music city with capital M, not just little M, but big C for country, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's what this whole podcast is about is exposing, you know, people that listen to it to every genre that's in Nashville um, we have had country people on, um, and, you know, rock, jazz, soul. Um, the, but yeah, the, the hip hop scene and, and rap in general has sort of eluded me so far. I'd love to have a local rap artist on at some point. Absolutely. I'll get you guys in touch. He's a good guy. AJ. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, okay. So speaking of like a sense of community and everything, what do you think about uh, everything that's going on with the exit in and like the rock block and everything? Man, I love the rock block. I haven't played exit in yet, but that is my number one spot. Like have to play kind of dream venue in Nashville. And I've seen so many shows there that are like, I think it'd be rare to f- see those shows at other venues in town, you know, whether it be like just a rock act or like, you know, like a synth wave band, like you don't seem like that would be like a natural fit in a lot of other spots. So I really hope that hangs on. I love playing the end too. So, uh, you know, I've, I've just kind of got my fingers crossed and I'm not sure if they're still taking donations or anything to try and, and hold exit in on. But uh, if, if people are listening to this and that's still a thing, please donate. Cause it's very important to keep that sector and that heart of the rock movement in the city alive. Yeah. So for those of you listening that might not know, um, the Exit Inn is a pretty historic rock venue in Nashville, and it's like gotten bought up by developers because right now Nashville is just growing <laughs> in, uh, just incessantly. And, um, yeah, developers have basically purchased it, and now they're saying they're going to, uh, I, I don't know, make it a, a, a landmark so it can't be torn down. But it's sort of all like, it's sort of like up in the air. No one's really sure what's going to happen to the heart of the rock scene in Nashville, really. Yeah, it seems very cloudy because I, yeah, to your point, I'm not exactly sure what the move is. I've heard a couple different things from a couple different people, but I mean, if you walk into Exit In, it's like they have a list of names, like the entire wall of the whole venue is just a list of names that have played at this place. And it's like from local legends to like the police and Billy Joel. It's like, oh my God, these are like some of the best bands of all time. And they've all stood on this stage. Like that's a rarity that you have people going that far back to like 60s 70s and be like you know old like uh super famous country outlaw singers too i mean it's they have everything there it's not just just one thing but that does provide i think the heartbeat for the rock scene in nashville so i mean i hope that that area could stick around it's a, it's a really great place absolutely man and uh yeah it's like they've i think they they've raised like two hundred thousand dollars or something to try and purchase it back but mm-hmm a piece of property like that in Nashville is going to be worth millions. So, I, you know, I just, it seems futile at this point, but hopefully someone, whoever purchased it, hopefully it's in the right hands, you know? Yeah. And any, yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, anyone that's listening, just, um, 
Yeah, maybe give uh, Exodin's Instagram, you know, check it out or their website and do what you can. Absolutely. Ditto to all of that. <laughs> yeah. So um, this EP that you're uh, are building towards, I think you just released a single. What was it called again? Uh, the single that just came out today uh, is called Young and Improving. And then there is a single a month ago called On and Off. So playing with the uh, plus sign instead of the ampersand, trying to be real edgy. But um, <laughs> yeah, so, so there's going to be five songs that come out on the EP in total. And uh, it's going to be coming out in May. Um, really, I think a kind of fun grouping of songs. You know, uh, I think people that I heard my last EP familiar, brand new, it's, it's a lot of not just the same, but kind of expanding on that sound. So definitely a lot of kind of rock vibes, um, kind of stadium esque rock tune specifically. And then kind of on the other side is more singer songwriter kind of material. So uh, I, I think the, the most important thing to me is always the song so just you know being able to put that in different spots whether it's you know making it a you know alt rock song or kind of turning down the volume a little bit and just bringing out the acoustic guitars all of that kind of lives on this next ep and i really experimented with a lot of stuff too there's a horn section on a song there's one that i have that's more like synth bass which is kind of new for me but i think pretty fun um but like all the songs i think can be brought down to just you know me singing on an acoustic guitar. And I think that hopefully is the mark of a good song. At least it is in my eyes. So I feel good about this EP for sure. And I think, I think people will like the variety that it's got. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah. Your, your songs have just a great full sound. Um, I love your, your guitar hooks that back it up and this new EP sounds, yeah, like maybe more pop rockish, like um, a lot more rock for sure than your last EP um, it, it's just it's just a great album overall. Oh, thanks, um, man. Yeah, no problem. Um, I know you have a little uh, uh, a background in recording. Um, is that what you studied at uh, Butler? I did. Yeah. So it was cool. They had um, uh, my major was recording industry studies. So it was kind of one foot in the actual production recording world, and then one foot in the music business world, which was really great because. You know, a lot of people that were trying to go into either, even if they weren't trying to be artists, you know, they're trying to go into, you know, like entertainment law or they're trying to, you know, work for BMI or something like that. They at least had a handle on kind of what is expected or what the kind of landscape of the music industry is. So that's been really great, especially as an artist knowing about, you know, or at least having a bit of an education before, you know, was really getting into like, you know, song rights and, you know, master recording copyrights and all that stuff, like being able to have a little bit of an understanding on that. So um, that was super helpful. And yeah, definitely got a lot of time in a very professional studio that I wouldn't have otherwise gotten. So it was great, you know, kind of crash course and doing a lot of like analog recording and doing even stuff to tape in some cases where it's like, oh my gosh, like, where do you really get an opportunity to do this in like a very professional studio with, you know, just swiping your student ID to get in. I mean, it was, it's a really cool program. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely something artists need is like a foot in both sides now because yeah, uh, yeah everyone, every artist has to wear a million different hats and you're basically like, it just seems like you have to build yourself up on your own now to, before you'll get any attention from anyone that wants to help and share in the profits. Absolutely. Cause it, yeah, it's, if, if I didn't have 
at least some kind of idea about that, I would probably have made a dumb decision and like just hired somebody that would perhaps have taken advantage of my novice mentality. So I think, yeah, as much as people can educate themselves, you know, even if it's just doing your own research on your own time, you don't have to go to a college to do it. But uh, I was just fortunate that that worked out for me. But yeah, educating yourself on all sides of things is really going to be helpful down the line for sure. That YouTube education is a real thing. That's right, baby. That's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was reading your Spotify bio and um, I'm assuming it says that you uh, recorded, you know, most of these instruments yourself in your home studio. I'm assuming you got a lot of that knowledge from, uh, from Butler. Um, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your setup and, um, yeah, just sort of go over that a little bit. Cause like you got, you have a very, very professional sound, but you're doing it out of basically, you know, a single room. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Um, it's really basic. I think the nice part about being in today's climate is you can, you know, afford pretty high quality recordings with basic stuff. Like I have a, you know, like a two input, um, interface that's like a task cam so i literally can just run two mics at the most at one time but you know being able to layer stuff without having to go back to tape and stuff is really nice so this i have this interface that i'm plugged into now a couple mics this one is just like an audio technica uh 2020 it's like don't even notice and then you know like sure 57s and um things like that are just kind of the basics i like to use for guitar amps and honestly what i've done is i just kind of changed we have kind of a walk-in closet in my bedroom that for the first like you know two or three weeks that i was living here just kind of converted it into a isolation booth so whether that was doing vocals in there or you know putting guitar amps in there um to just try and isolate the sound a little bit um and then just running it through logic on my mac i mean that was that's kind of the majority of the stuff and then some of it is doing kind of like in the box thing. So like digital amps or something to do overdubs um, and, you know, messing around. I have like a pretty cheap boss multi-effects unit that I kind of use sometimes if I need, you know, a boost on delays or reverbs or wah pedals or things like that. But other than that, it's just a lot of time overdubbing and mixing is really where the, the actual work comes in for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. That's dude, you're working with two less inputs than the Beatles had. It, it's crazy <laughs> appreciate that dude honestly when they when i think about any of the Beatles stuff because it's like sick we're gonna knock this album out in four hours and they're everybody cool with that yep like cool now <laughs> we have like please please me and it's one of the best debut albums ever i mean that's a whole other story but those right. guys are on another level yeah on four channels they had that's yeah that's so crazy unbelievable um yeah 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 Anyways, uh, uh, yeah. So back back to your album or your EP that's coming out. Um, have you thought about how you're gonna promote that at all? And uh, like your last EP came out, what probably like in the in the very middle of the pandemic thing going on. Yeah, it was July, if I recall correctly. So like, yeah, I mean, at that point, live shows weren't even right anybody's radar. So and it's and, still kind of. I mean, I think wading back into the water in that respect. You know, I'm hoping that by you know, later in the summer, once people have had some time to get to know the songs, live shows will be able to be back. But, you know, now it's a lot of just kind of hustling to get people's attention, whether it be on playlists or, you know, blogs, it's a lot of emailing, kind of like the cold call mentality, which I know isn't very fun or sexy. But a lot of the time, that's just 
what you have to do to try and ex- get your music out to different people and places that normally wouldn't hear it. And then I'm working right now on doing uh, live stream kind of concerts and then doing some kind of like recorded live streams that are a little bit more um, like a, a full on, I guess, like concert DVD, as they would say back in the day or whatever. But um, stuff like that, I think at this point for me is what's going to hopefully be able to give some people an idea of what I can do live. And, you know, I think that that's, that's always the most fun part to me. I love recording stuff, but I think playing stuff live is like, I mean, that's the, that's where you get, I think kind of the juice from all of this, you know, the writing and the recording stuff where you get to really feel the energy and stuff in the crowd. So even if it's, you know, just seeing it on a laptop or whatever, I think that's where people will feel what the music is about the most. So I'm excited. Hopefully that's going to be coming up with the EP or soon thereafter. And um, yeah, then hopefully we'll be kicked back into some live shows before too long, but got my fingers crossed for that. Yeah, that energy is really palpable. And that's something that always comes up when I talk about live streams um, with people that come on the show now. It's just like that energy, you know, it's a, I mean, even this uh, Zoom call that we're doing here is not as good as a normal conversation would be because we'd be feeding off each other sure. in the room, you know, it's, sure. um, it's just like, man, I really miss that. I want, yeah, I want concerts back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was playing and doing kind of like a uh, sideman gig uh, last week and I just, you know, it's like just kind of a showcase thing for 15 minutes and I've been on a stage in a year. I was like, oh my God, this is like such a tease. I need more. I need a whole concert. I need a whole week, you know? <laughs> yeah. So what is that like, man, being on, so like repetition, I want to get back to the live stream thing, but, uh, so like repetition for an artist getting on stage, being comfortable, like, you know, not being on stage for an entire year and then getting on, is it like, uh, I mean, you obviously were, you said you were super excited, but it, did it feel almost like getting on a bike and almost not knowing how to ride it again? Yeah, I think, yeah, but it was kind of half kicking, you know, the, the rust off a little bit, but then half of it was, I feel like I'd kind of forgotten any bad habits or I was, you know, ready to jump past any bad habits that I had. Like, okay, I know that you did that in the past, but you haven't had a chance to do that. I'm savoring it now. I want to make sure that I'm really enjoying this as much as I can. So I think hopefully that's what came off across. I mean, the crowd seemed to have a really good time with the show. So part of it was definitely, uh, oh man, like I got to remember to, like I haven't stood up and played guitar in a long time. So it's <laughs> like, you're just kind of utilizing some different muscles that you wouldn't normally be doing, you know? So um, I was definitely more sore after this show. So anybody that's jumping back into shows after a while off, stretch. That's my, that's my big, <laughs> my big recommendation. So what has your experience been with the live streams? Are you working, are you working with someone or are you doing, So like the five spot has a pretty infamous one going on right now. Um, There's, excuse me. There's also some, uh, um, you know, people throwing them together in their houses and there's quite a few of those that have popped up. Um, Are you working with a specific like crew or are you doing it yourself or what has your experience been? Hope is going to be a combo of both. So, you know, obviously we haven't had much of a touring income the last year so i was trying to still ball out in a budget so some of it's going to be some more home recording stuff and i think that'll be more you know like hey like join us you know friday at seven and we'll do kind of a more impromptu acoustic set base and then um 
for my plans for like a full band live or a stream show that's going to be more so like recorded and then edited proper release kind of thing so that's in that case i'll be working with somebody um because i do not know how to do a lot of video editing (laughs) and stuff like that so um I'm hoping to kind of bridge the gap and be able to do some more immediate releases and stuff with just, you know, home kind of low budget DIY live streaming stuff. And then kind of maybe at the tail end of the EP project, do more of a full proper edited and shot kind of performance. So that's interesting. Um, I know year of October, they're a local band. I don't know if if you've heard of them. Uh, They do a lot of um, like pre-recorded live but not live type things mm-hmm. you know um so you might want to reach out to them they might have some advice for you on how to you know pull that off that'd be awesome that's great that's a great tip um yeah yeah those live streams the i don't know what i enjoy better the the actual live stream or like the pre-recorded ones so the pre-recorded are always you know um they're always much cleaner but then you sort of you lack the the personal like interaction, you know, that like, then there's zero interaction with the audience. So agreed. That's what I'm hoping just kind of doing a combo of both. will be able to give everybody kind of the right flavors to match, you know? So, right. Um, so back to your, your EP that's coming out. Uh, is there like a, a theme throughout the EP or does each song sort of stand on its own? It's interesting. I think, I, I think that each, song will kind of stand on on its own in terms of you know the like the lyrics the, the themes of them um i think one of my things that i love doing is like track listing so i think that it flows really nicely as a set list would flow uh, and kind of give everybody kind of the roller coaster ride that you might want from an album um I, it's interesting because some of these songs were written before you know, pandemic stuff was happening and then some were written as kind of a response to them. So um, it's kind of, I guess, interesting hearing them through that lens. I think that that stuff, you know, people might be able to pick up or they won't, but um, I haven't, I'm not sure that I'm the guy that would do like a concept record or anything like that. I just hope that people can feel that they're from the same guy. I'm My goal is always to just be really, um, like I want the music to be and the melodies to be accessible, but that the actual lyrics are going to be really personal and hopefully kind of, you know, the more you listen, the more you grab onto something. So I think if there's any kind of connection between all the songs, it's that, it's that, you know, they're not just throwaway lyrics. I I, I try to work really hard to make sure that they're really honest and true and, you know, more than just, you know, whatever, even though guess what? I still like, you know, some kind of random pop song that has just kind of like what some would say are photo lyrics because guess what they work <laughs> for a reason <laughs> sometimes that's what you need right yeah you can't always be uh pouring your heart out because sometimes you uh, uh i don't know it, if you do too much of that maybe it gets a little too like i don't know i don't know if cringe isn't the right word but you know what i mean Oh yeah. That's, I try and walk that line too much. Cause you know, I'm never going to put like somebody's name in a song or something oh, like that, yeah. but it's, it's about making it personal enough to you that it feels authentic while also kind of preserving enough anonymity that people can put their own story into the songs. If that makes sense. Yeah. So people can connect with it and, uh, yeah, sort of an emotional connection of their own. Yeah. That makes, that Ex- makes sense. Exactly. That's why I, I sometimes don't, 
enjoy even when it's like my favorite artist when they tell me exactly what a song is about because you know it means something to me and I can't always relate to it the same anymore after they've told me what it means to them because I'm like oh like I guess that's what it means (laughs) officially but you know I like that music can mean whatever to the person hearing it you know it doesn't have to be at this point it's not about me anymore once you're hearing the song you know Right. It's sort of like Don't Meet Your Heroes. Uh, you don't want to know what your favorite song's actually about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So, hold on. I've lost my train of thought here because I was like, <laughs> I was thinking about like some of my favorite songs and it's like, I wonder what those I are know, actually man, about. Oh, man. What is that song about? <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So, what is your. What is your favorite song? Do you have a favorite song on this EP? And could you sort of, you know, talking about the stories and stuff behind, uh, you know, these songs you've created, which one would you say is your favorite on the EP? And could you sort of break it down for us um, and, you know, keep it as uh, limited as you can so people can make their own emotional attachment? But if you could break down one of the songs for us, that'd be great. Yeah. So I'll go, I think lyrically at least the one that came out today whatever day i guess you're hearing it's it'll be different but um it's called young and improving which is actually the title track for the ep um and so it's a duet between myself and the singer ollie who's a local singer they're incredible please check out their stuff as well um but it really is kind of about a relationship that didn't have a dramatic ending it kind of just had like almost a um, a kind of fizzle out, which I don't think is really, you know, maybe the sexiest way to come about a, a breakup song, but I think that sometimes that's just how it is. And so I don't really heard a song like that in the head. And I think that that's kind of an interesting way to go about it. It's like, you keep thinking that, you know, the relationship is getting better and better and you're improving a lot, but at some point it's like, maybe we're naive and this whole thing is just not exactly meant to be. So that's kind of what that song is about. And, you know, hopefully it's, it's kind of, since it's a duet, I wanted to make sure that both sides kind of had equal weight and, you know, nobody's right. It's just kind of not a match. And I I think, you know, most people have had kind of experiences with that, even if it's not a romantic relationship, you know, just a friend relationship where it's, you know, you don't have friends forever always. And so sometimes it just doesn't work out. You think it's, it's really great one day and, the next day you just take off your take off your glasses and you're maybe the different person so yeah it's it's strange how relationships do that it's like mm, the, sometimes they do just fizzle out they don't always have this big dramatic ending so you tried to um mirror that in the instrumentation or also the lyrics yeah because it kind of it's, it's weird because it the lyrics definitely that's kind of where the heart of that song lies um, I try to make this more of a, but there's still some, I guess, traditional elements of my music that I liked in there. That's kind of like bigger drums and stuff, but it's definitely tuned down from where like on and off my last single was, which is like, we're rocking out at 10 out of 10 volume for the whole song. Kind of, um, this one definitely has a little bit more movement throughout the track, which I think hopefully will give people maybe the the time and the the just bandwidth i guess to really kind of focus on the lyrics and what the song's about so that was my way of tricking people into listening to the lyrics i guess (laughs) well that's that's interesting man i love hearing you know 
the process and the backstory behind you know a lot of these songs um it's really interesting to me but uh but to uh i want to get back to like when you can actually play live again or so like what does a live show look for you look like for you are you going to have a full band um do you have people sort of lined up already interested in forming a band around you or are you going to use hired guns just sort of tell uh, tell us about that process it's going to be interesting because i've only played once as myself like just Dan Fuson live because it just timing wise you know I started like putting music out and then the pandemic hit so unfortunately I haven't really done much of playing like myself Um, I do have people kind of lined up which is good and um, uh, I think it'll be if I have my druthers about it a full band because that's how I envision it that's how I write the songs typically so but I've definitely been kind of practicing both and kind of making sure that the people that I'm working with are going to be able to handle, you know, if it's just, you know, piano and guitar, that's totally fine. We can make that work. And I kind of have the songs arranged both ways. So I'm just trying to be accommodating at this point. It's like any show I can get, I'm willing to take. So if it's acoustic guitar and nothing else, I got it. But if it's full band, I'm ready to let loose too. Yeah, dude, I really want to see you with a full band and how, and how you pull off this, how you pull off the, the, your sound is, like I said, it's really full. It's like has a, it's intricate and can be quiet as well, but it just seems like, I don't know, like, like you said, almost, uh, I think you mentioned writing, envisioning like a stadium or something earlier. You mentioned that I could, yeah, it feels like it could fill a large space, but it's good that, yeah, you can break it down and just sort of, uh, you know, acoustic version, um, you know, bare bones style as well. Yeah, I think the people that I admire music-wise could do that the best. So that's what I always try and make sure that if the song is just, you know, if all you've got is a piano or a guitar and your voice, that the song should be able to work in those uh, in those circumstances just as well as they do, you know, kind of full-on band. So different feels for sure. I tend to prefer the full band as the as it sounds like you you do some too, but um, I definitely am not shying away from any acoustic stuff too. I think that that can be fun and it's a bit of a challenge too, you know, just making sure that you're not relying on guitar solos and distortion to mask <laughs> any mistakes. <laughs> right. Hey, which, a good, I'm, which I'm prone to do. <laughs> a good light show can make a terrible set. Amazing. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, so have you been reaching out to any venues around town, like trying to set up anything? I mean, what does the live music scene look like right now? It's starting to open up a little bit. It seems like maybe you could, uh, Maybe you could do some live stuff and promote this EP. Yeah, I've actually honestly started reaching out more since I'm kind of green as a solo artist, um, reaching out to other artists um, and trying to just, you know, people that I admire or, you know, seen play live even recently or even last year and just saying, hey, you know, I'm here's some of my stuff. Let's jump on a bill together. I'm happy. You know, I'll bring some people and I'll reach out and do some uh, some PR and stuff for it, too. And. Uh, yeah, the next step is definitely hitting up some venues and just kind of gauging people's comfortability and uh, and seeing what that's looking like. I'm sure that those venues are itching to get people back in. So I'm again, fingers crossed. As long as we can do it safely and and all that, uh, I'm I'm ready to get back to it when whenever we can do it well. So uh, definitely need to probably start hitting the pavement a little harder. But uh, this is this is good. I'm glad you're mentioning it, <laughs> dude. Reaching out to people. Um... It's all about, yeah, it's all about the network. 
A lot of these artists that I have on here, they all seem to know each other. And even if you don't know them, reaching out to people on Instagram or their website, whatever, you're, you'd be so surprised who will actually respond. Oh, it's and it's, you know, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. Just shoot somebody a DM on Instagram. And, you know, I saw a band the other day and did that and they got back to me the next day. It's like, oh, great. Yeah, man. Like, well, like, we love the song. We'll make sure that next time we've got something going on, we'll reach out to you. Boom. Perfect. Right. Costs nothing to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you play a few shows and, you know, suddenly, I don't know. Yeah. It just, everything just sort of snowballs. You just have to work for it. Yeah. People helping people. It's always a good thing. Well, um, so I have a couple more questions and then I'll get you out of here and I'll give you the end of the episode and you can plug everything. Um, a couple, the last couple of questions I always ask is, um, so coming up as an artist in Nashville, is there, is there any type of advice you would give like someone that is just starting out, maybe just got here in Nashville? What's like some advice maybe you wish you had or just anything like that? I think my main thing is, and because this is something that I've had to work on a lot is kind of if you're a shy person or you're not accustomed to, you know, going up and talking to people after a show, you know, a band that played or whatever, you got to be able to kind of break that and, just kind of be a little bit more outgoing or um, willing to get out of your comfort zone a little bit, meet people, you know, just like anything else. I mean, it it is a lot about just the network. So, you know, talking to people, Hey man, would love to play with you sometime or like, what's your handle? Let's get at each other on Instagram. Any of that stuff I think makes such a big difference. And the more you can do that, the more you're going to be able to land shows or, you know, opening slots or even, you know, people to, right with any of that kind of stuff i think and and then just going out and seeing as much music as you can you know there's so much stuff happening here all the time when things open up it'll be even better so you know whenever there's writers rounds you know there's always going to be somebody that even if they're not maybe your genre that you jive with their tunes you know um and you know i'm not a huge country fan but anytime i've been to a a writer's round that's country music i'm like oh my gosh some of these songwriters are incredible you know i'd love to write with that person so getting out of your comfort zone, I think is, is my number one recommendation and just reaching out to people. Yeah. That's great advice, dude. Like nothing happens at your house. You got to be out in the scene and become a part of it. And man, breaking out of your comfort zone can be so hard. Like, I don't know why I started a podcast. Like just being in conversation with people is, is like difficult for me. I, I constantly have to fight the, the feeling of like wanting to run away and, uh, but yeah, you have to push through that and create these networks and just be, you have to make an active effort to be a part of the scene. You know, it's not going to happen if you're not out of your house. Agreed. And you're doing great. I'm loving it. I'm having a good time. Don't <laughs> yeah, worry. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So the last question, I always end every episode the same way. Um, uh, I'm trying to build a community with, you know, we, that's what we've been talking about a lot on this episode. Um, that's what I'm trying to do with the podcast, uh, with the live streams we've been doing. Um, and you know, the community exists already. I'm trying to, to, uh, add to it or create another outlet for artists. And so with that being said, um, is there an artist in Nashville that you would recommend to the listeners to go check out? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a friend who's in this really cool band called flight attendant. They're kind of like alt rock band, super cool, uh, visuals, combined with really cool music you know it's rock music but it's 
got a lot of cool instrumentation. There's like a violinist in the band. Um, and then, you know, keyboards plus the guitar, total rock drums elements of everything. And a really badass front woman too. So really cool band. I would recommend people check out, um, flight attendant is their name. Awesome, dude. Well, yeah, take, take the, um, the, the end of this episode and just plug everything that's coming out. You've got two new singles out, the EP coming up. Uh, let us know any live streams, live dates, anything that's coming up. Yeah. So stuff that's for sure calendar dated right now, I've got two singles out on and off and young and improving. And then the EP also called young and improving is out May 7th. So that'll be wherever you get your streams. Um, and then live streams will be coming up. If you go to Instagram, it's at Dan Fusen music, same for Facebook and all that stuff too. It's the same thing at Dan Fusen music, and you'll be able to follow me there and keep up with all the latest updates. Dan, stick around uh, after I turn the recording off. But thanks so much for doing this, dude. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see you live. Just keep us posted. And uh, me and my wife will definitely come check out a show. Absolutely, man. This is a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. It's great. Absolutely, dude. I'll see you later, Dan. Thanks. And that's the episode with Dan Fusen. So watch out for his EP coming May 7th, Young and Improving. Check that out on all your favorite streaming platforms. And don't forget about our live streams coming up May 12th. The Deconstructed Sessions continues with Chad Wilson at 8 p.m. every other Wednesday night. And May 19th, we have a special live stream with Jax Hollow joining us here in the studio at 7. And all of this content can be found on our YouTube channel. So just search Real Music Nashville and it'll pop right up. All right, let's transfer out of the episode with the title track off of Dan's EP, Young and Improving. This is Young and Improving. It doesn't really matter now Stones to throw the first. You're sleeping with my t shirt on. I used to love it, but my tastes have turned on There's still more left to say. Supposed to be 